Learn how to build your faith in God's Word and live a life of 100% victory 100% of the time. As you listen to the Senior Pastor, Davis Christian Center, Pastor Kingsley Okunkwo, and expect God's Word to work for you. Jesus, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you because this year is settled. We give you praise, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worship. One more time, jam your hands together. Let's give him a big, big shout. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. This year is awesome already. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look for five people, shake them, welcome them to service this evening. Ask them, are you gaining momentum? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Please take your seat. Praise God. Wow. Awesome year already. Awesome year already. Amen, amen. May you never recover from gaining momentum. Hallelujah. May you never recover in the name of Jesus. Okay, we're going to lay under foundation as we keep going towards um, our goals. We're going to lay one more foundation today. Turn your Bibles with me to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Popular scripture. Joshua chapter 1 and verse Praise God. We're going to read it together. Are you ready? I want you to read it out loud. One, two, go. Can we do it one more time? Hallelujah. He said, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way what? Prosperous. And then thou shalt have what? Good success. All right. The year has started already. And, um, you know, I'm so, I'm so excited about this year. And my prayer for every single one of us in this house is that every virtue, every blessing, every grace, every benefit that this year carries for you especially, we enter your hands in the name of Jesus. You will demonstrate every blessing that this year carries in the name of Jesus. Not one of them will fall to the ground. And the best way to do that is by paying attention, paying attention to the word. At every point in time, there are two realities. At every point in time, there are two realities. There are two realities. There is the physical reality and there is the spiritual reality. I'll say that again. At every point in time, there are always two realities. There is the physical reality and there is the spiritual reality. Now, the interesting thing about that is that the spiritual reality is superior to the physical reality. The spiritual reality is what? Superior to the physical. It's superior. It's superior to it. Why? Why is it superior? Very simple. The physical came out of the spiritual. That's why. The physical came out of what? 
the spiritual. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God being a spirit. We know that John um, 4, is it John 4, 24? God is a spirit. Those that worship Moses. We know that, Abby. So they said in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God, a spirit, created what? The heavens are the physical reality. So we understand that, right? So there are how many realities? Which one is superior? Why? Came out, yes. You must always know why. You must know why. Knowing why helps you operate it. Are you getting what I'm saying? You must know why. There are two realities at every point in time. The physical reality and the spiritual reality. The good thing is that the spiritual reality is superior to the physical reality. Why? Because the spiritual created the physical. And the spiritual still controls the physical. So the spiritual can always adjust the physical. That's why the Bible said the things that are, we're not moved by the things that which we can see. Instead, we're moved by the things that we cannot see. He said, why? Because the things that are seen, that's the physical things, are temporal in nature. That means they can change. But he said the ones we cannot see are eternal. That means they cannot change. I don't know if we'll get it. Let's read it here. He said, while we look not, he said, we don't, we, when they mean you look not, they mean you don't focus on. Is somebody getting this, guys? When they mean you look not, what they are, you know, it's an old English way they were speaking. If it was today, we would say, we don't focus on the things we can see. They said, instead, instead, we focus on things which are not what? Seen. Things which are not seen are what? Which reality is things which are not seen? Spiritual reality. Is somebody getting this? It's very simple, Nabi. The things which we can see is the physical reality. The things which we cannot see is the spiritual reality. So they see the advice they give us. They say we don't focus. We don't focus on the things which can be seen. Instead, we focus on the things which cannot be seen. Why? It says, for. For means because. It said, because the things which are seen are what? Temporal. One version says they are subject to change. That means they can always change. They can always change. Don't look at it as if it's permanent. They can always change. He said instead, we look at the things which are not seen because those ones are what? Eternal. Those ones can't change. Praise God. Now, go back to Joshua 1 now. Joshua 1, what Joshua 1 is trying to do is to train you Joshua 1 is trying to train you on how to, have, how to make your way prosperous and how to have what? Good success. If you go down to the end, you see it here. It said, thou shalt make thy way prosperous and thou shalt have what? Good success. Joshua 1 is trying to get you to make your way prosperous and for you to have good success. Now, I've said over and over again here, when you see prosperity or prosperous, it doesn't only mean money, all right? God is too great to be bothered about just money. Anybody telling you that money will solve your problem is a lie. I get what I'm saying. Because you can have money and have some sicknesses that no doctor can cure. If you're exposed, you already know what I'm talking about. You can have, you can have money and have a terrible wife or have a terrible husband. And you... The rich also cry. Have you heard it before? <laughs> I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. You can, some of the rich people, they are, they are rich, but their children are wayward. They have a, a, a mad child living in their house that is a drug addict. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, God, I mean, it is, it is, it is, it is very belittling. It's very inadequate for God to be pro- promising you money. He, 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 it would be wrong of him because he knows money won't solve everything. Now, whatever he's promising you includes money. Don't get me wrong. It includes money, but it's never, money is never truly the full essence of it. Money is just a byproduct of it. Somebody gets what I'm saying? You can have money and have, die in an accident inside your Rolls Royce. I don't know if you get what I'm playing. Plane crash. Poor people don't die in plane crash. Poor people don't have money for plane. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Go back now. Show me the scripture. So, anytime you see prosperity, I wish about all things that you prosper or make your way prosperous. It's not particularly money. Now, it includes money, but it's never 
only money God is really talking about. God is talking about making relevant progress. Making relevant progress, succeeding in life and in, in other aspects of your life, not just financial, okay? Even though it includes money. So the end result, where God wants to take you, is where you make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Everybody wants that. But God said, listen, the way I will make that happen for you is that I have to school you. I have to school you. I have to train you in the art of not focusing on the physical reality, but on the spiritual reality. God is saying, look, no matter how your physical life is going now, if I train you on how to focus on the spiritual reality, you will always be able to change your physical reality. I don't know if someone's getting what I'm saying. So I don't, I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what challenge you're dealing with. Listen, if you can follow what God is saying, your natural circumstances will change. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, let's continue. So, this is the end result. How did God say we'll get there? Look at how God said we'll get to the end result. Number one, it says, this book of the law shall not depart of your mouth. So, number one, he's saying, speak your spiritual reality. Remember, your spiritual reality is based on the word of God. Abi, do we know that, Abi? That's what we are looking at. They are saying, at all times, speak your spiritual reality. They are not saying you don't have a physical reality. You do. But they are saying don't speak your physical reality. Instead, consistently speak your spiritual reality. What are they saying? No money in your account. You are broke. Don't go about saying I'm broke. Don't go about saying I'm poor. Don't go about saying there's no money. Don't go about saying we can never afford it. Don't go about saying we can never have it. No. Instead, go about saying whatever God has said about you. And this is why you must know the word of God for yourself. You must, you must, this year, you must grow in your knowledge of the word of God because your success is, lied to that, is, is tied to that word. So you must know the scripture. He said, my God shall supply all my needs. You can start saying that. You can say, I've been young now I'm old, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You can say no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. You, you, you start to learn, and thank God there's Google and code these days. You can search scriptures on provision. You can search scriptures on blessing and write them down and copy them out. No need for you to search the whole scripture by yourself now. Google has made life easy for you. Write out those scriptures. That should be what you should be saying about yourself. Now, listen carefully again. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. In fact, at the first few times, it will be awkward. You will feel funny because you are battling, dealing with your physical reality and embracing your spiritual reality. But God is saying, if you want your way prosperous and if you want to have good success, you have to pay attention to your what? Spiritual reality. So that's number one. Number two. He said, but thou shall do what? Meditate therein. So meditate is talking about the same thing. Don't put your eyes so much on your physical reality. Put your eyes on your spiritual reality. So you are getting old. Um, um, you want to marry. You are single and you want to marry. But you think age is, is not, is, is, you are getting old. They say don't focus on your age. Don't focus on, on your, your, your physical features. Don't focus on the fact that there are no good men around you. All men has come. Don't focus on that. That might be a physical reality. That might be a physical reality. But they say, you, you, don't focus on that. See, what you focus on is what you keep producing. You will keep producing what you're focusing on. So, it's a battle. Don't get me wrong. It's a battle. But you, see, the more you do the right thing, the more you become comfortable in doing it. So, don't sit there and be saying, there's no money in Nigeria. There's no, no way to make it. If you keep thinking like that, your mind will be in Canada. That's all. You will run to Canada. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong in going to Canada if that's where God wants you to be. But if you are going there because you are running down to Egypt like Isaac, then you are going to miss out on the divine destiny of your life. There's a bigger picture of your life than just survivor. And if somebody's getting what I'm saying. Your life is bigger than survivor. I know right now you might not think so. To you, you are here just to survive. So, if you don't do that, then you will keep looking at the physical reality. And when you look at the physical reality, 
one thing will happen to you is called fear. Fear is what will happen to you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Third one. Third one. They are saying, number one, the book of law should not depart from your mouth. Number two, inside it you will meditate. Focus your mind on it. Your mind must be, what, what are the relevant scriptures about the situation you are facing? Same thing if you are sick in your body. You, 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 hey, if you are sick in your body, you can't be studying the sickness. Hey, child of God. You know that people, that's, that's what they do. They go on the internet to check. Lupus, I have lupus. So they check internet. What? Hey, so you are studying the sickness. Have you studied the scripture? Have you researched the power of God? Have you read testimonies of... See, see look, look, what you, what you feed your mind with will determine what you produce. You are studying the wrong thing. You are studying Nigeria's economy. You are studying inflation. You are studying all these things. They will produce fear in your heart. Very important. Third one, they said, there inside it, you will observe to do all that is what? Written there. When you focus on the spiritual reality, meditate on it, one of the things that will happen is that it will inspire action. It will inspire action. And when you continue to act, when you continue to do what the word of God says, then you will continue to produce the results that the word of God promises. When you continue to do it. So you, as you focus on it, one of the things that will happen is that actionable steps will be born into your heart. What to do will come. What to do will come when you meditate on scripture. When you meditate on the fact that God will supply all your needs, he will start showing you how he intends to supply your needs. Are you getting what I'm saying? The more you meditate on that, say, Lord, you supply all my needs. I give you thanks. I give you praise. I refuse to focus on my empty bank account. I refuse to focus on my empty pot. I trust you to provide all my needs. The more you focus on that, the inspiration, the idea, the know-how of exactly how he intends to meet your own need, which might be different from every other person's need, that idea will come to you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? I've shared this story many times here, but, but, but for me, it, I always remember it. I told you how many years ago I was, I, I, I was a young pastor then. I was not even pastoring a church. I was an associate, uh, like an associate pastor. No food in the house. I was not married. You know, no food in the house. I was with another pastor in training like me. Both of us were hungry. No food in the house. Then we had one neighbor that used to attend the fellowship of the church that we were pastors in training under. Right next door, next door neighbor. She used to attend the church. So hunger was beating us that day, and that master said, you know what, let's go and beg our neighbor for Gary. He said, let's go and beg for Gary. And I told him, I can't beg for Gary, that uh, the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The only is even bread. You is Gary, you want to go and beg. <laughs> I said, I'm not going. Now, don't, I, I, there was no food in the house, guys. No food in the house. So, you know, because some people think, some people think some of us preaching, you know, we're enjoying life. You have no clue. There's nothing you want to go through that some of us have not gone through. Nothing. And it is how we overcame it that we are sharing with you. So, don't, when we stand there, we're not playing. We're telling you how it's going to work. You can produce any results of your life by these same words. It works. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you can commit to doing it, oh, your life will be sweet. But you must commit to doing it. I can't do it for you. I'm doing it for me. And it's working. You need to go and do it. Commit to do it. It's a new year. Commit this year to obeying the word of God promptly. Not half and half. I said, I can't go and beg for Gary. Because the Bible said, we do not beg. And the guy was upset. This is not a joke. The guy was very, you know, a hungry man. He was upset. Which kind of pride is this? Which kind of behavior is this? We are hungry. Shouldn't we go and beg? He was angry. Nothing he didn't say that day. I said, I'm not going. Because I knew the woman more. He couldn't go without me. So he needed me to go. And because I was not cooperating, he was really upset. Really upset. He shouted, he vexed. It was tough. But I said, no. I, I won't open my eyes and do something contrary to what the Bible has promised. See, some of you, the reason why you have never seen the blessing of God, you're always doing things contrary. So you have never stepped out in faith to even see how the faith will end. You, you have no experience of it, no knowledge of it. Because you're always doing the safe thing. You always beg for Gary. 
So you have never seen the provision of God before. So most of you know the story. We stayed for some uh, one or two more hours that day. Then later that day, we were going to take a walk. I've forgotten where, I don't know where we're even going, but we're going to take a walk. On the same clothes, he wanted us to beg Gary. We were taking a walk out of the street. We met one of one other of our church members on the same clothes. We didn't tell him anything. We just, we're just passing by. We just greeted. And he said, where are you guys going? I've forgotten where we mentioned we're going. And he said, have you guys eaten? Are you hungry? We said, oh, we're busy. We're busy. We're busy this season. <laughs> he said, are you guys hungry? I said, yes, yes, yes. We can, we can eat. He said, we should come into it. I mean, we entered the house better. I can never forget. You know, when God blesses you with something, you don't forget it. I can never forget. Rice and fish stew. Bad one with fish. I'm telling you, it was the sweetest food I've ever eaten in my life. Pepper fish stew. And it gave us, served us our own individual plates full like this. Without begging. Without begging. And it didn't stop there. After we ate first round, he said, do you want more? He said, no, no, we can. Of course we ate more. We more. No, no, we go see the next one. If we had begged for Gary, I'm very sure. Everything would have planned out for us to get that rice. We were not going to that guy's house. We were passing in front of his house. Coincidentally, he was outside to do something at that exact same second. I don't know if somebody's getting what I'm saying. So, whenever, as you meditate on the scriptures, instructions will come. It might be to give. It might be to go somewhere. It might be to do something. The, as you meditate on what God is saying about that situation, an instruction will come. Then they say, you, your own job is to do that instruction. And you will see results. So three steps. Number one, say your spiritual reality. You might be feeling symptoms in your body, but the Bible says you are healed. You need to be saying that. That I'm healed. I'm blessed. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm rich. This business is moving forward. You know, you, you must say your spiritual reality. Number two, meditate on your spiritual reality. And number three, take those steps that come as, as a result of your meditation. Action steps will come. Let's look at something. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. Um, from verse 22. Matthew 14 from verse 22. Now, I'm, I'm going to show you how, how it plays out in the life of many Christians. And, and having been a pastor for a while, I know this by, by my interaction with people. This is how it plays out for many people. Many people start in the spirit and they want to finish in the flesh. Many people start in the spirit, spirit but they are not able to sustain that spiritual momentum. So they start well, but they don't finish well. But that won't be your story in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's what happens to many people. You, you, you see how many people were around for gaining momentum. Now, they think that just that gaining momentum anointing is enough to take them throughout the year. It doesn't work like that. You need to keep servicing it. I guess what I'm saying. Because just because you have faith on Monday doesn't mean your faith will still be alive by Wednesday. Your faith is a spiritual force, a living being. If you eat on Monday, is that the food you used to be operating on by Wednesday? But that's how many Christians want to live. They want to do, um, you know, touch and go. That's what many Christians want to do. That if I pray beginning of the year or crossover service, that's what I'll be using by middle of the year? No. If you can manage to keep your faith fresh, you will see that all your dreams will come to pass. If you can stay charged up from how you were last week, stay charged up like that throughout the year, you'll be able to climb any mountain and achieve anything. But many people, they get charged up on, on the first week, then they go back to everyday life. And it's not going to work. Your faith is a living being. It can grow and it can die. Hallelujah. So you must make a commitment this year that look, I must pay attention to my spiritual feeding, both privately at home and in attending church services. Because there's power when we gather together. Is somebody getting this? All right. Matthew 14, verse 22. So see what happened here. They just had a major service. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go before him to the other crusade um, points. Okay? 
They finished a major crusade. He told them, you guys go ahead and start preparing the other things. I will dismiss and close this service. So he took announcements and um, offering and other things and sent the multitude away. Are you reading it? Next verse. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. You all right? To prepare for the next meeting. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Next verse. He said, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. So he was alone there. He now entered the ship to go and meet them. But he said, when he got there, the wind was now, waves were shaking. And he just said, look, it's not every time I'll tell the wind, come, uh, peace, be still. He was just bored. So instead of telling this, the wind, come, peace, be still, he just came out of the boat and was walking to the other side. There was nobody there. I'm sure he was just tempted that I can't be behaving like human beings all the time. I am God for goodness sake. It's not every time I will pretend like I'm a normal human being. And this wind is just doing shakarada. Today I have no patience. You know, imagine if you are God. You know, every time you want to sit in traffic, you just say, my brother, let me just come down. And be. <laughs> or you want to go to the next room. You are thinking I will come down, go past the door and go. And when the wall is here, <laughs> enter the next room. Nobody's, nobody, nobody's here. He said he was alone. Nobody was watching. He said, let me just uh, walk, Jerry. He was just bored. I'm sure he was just tired of, you know, uh, following normal routine of time and space. He was tired. He's the almighty God. So, I mean, <laughs> hallelujah. So, he just got tired. So, let me just walk. And you see, if he can do that, that's why, he, that's why I said the physical things are subject to the spiritual things. They are realities. There's a physical reality, but there's also a spiritual reality. And the physical one is subject to what? The spiritual. So whatever your situation is, is the same way God can alter it. Are you here, somebody? So, um, so and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking what? On the sea. It was sea, not river, not lake, or sea. So he came down and was walking on the sea, on top, on top. <laughs> See the next verse. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were what? Troubled, saying it is a spirit, and they cried out of fear. Next verse. But straightway, Jesus spoke unto them, saying, be of good cheer, relax. It is I, be not afraid. Next verse. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me what? Come unto thee on the water. If it's you, tell me to come. And what did Jesus answer? I can't hear you. And he said what? Come. Amazing. Amazing. Let me, let me, let me pause here before I continue. Peter asked for something very massive. That's why this year nothing is too big to ask God. I mean, can you imagine the audacity? And some of you, last week, because of the atmosphere of faith we had here last week, you were able to ask anything and dream anything, just like Peter. It was an atmosphere of faith. Peter won't on his own at home be praying and say, Lord, this year I want to walk on water. That's not his prayer request. But it was an atmosphere of faith. He saw Jesus walking on water and, 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 it was just a moment of faith, and he told Jesus, Lord, if it's you, if this is truly my year, if, the, if God is in this, is he, if, 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 if this man of God had right, let this so and so happen. Let me marry this year. Let me have my children this year. Let me break through this year. Let me prosper this year. Let me build my house this year. Let me give him billions this year. Hallelujah. It was an atmosphere of faith. And he asked, Lord, because this is not a normal prayer. Nobody, I've not seen anybody pray this prayer before, after this. Have you seen anybody pray this prayer after this? That, Lord, today I'm going to walk on Todd Bridge. As traffic will start, I will not follow traffic. I will just walk through Korodu to VI. Nobody has done that before. It was an atmosphere of faith. It was an, and that's why it's good to be in those atmospheres sometimes. There are things that can happen in those atmospheres that will not happen at home when you're praying alone. That's why I don't listen to these demonic people saying churches in their hearts. They know nothing about spiritual things. Are you here something, somebody? Because just say wherever two or more are gathered, there's a presence there that is not normally there when one person is there. God is everywhere, but there's a special anointing, special presence when we are all gathered together and charged up in faith. And that's a good point and a good time to actually change gears in your life concerning certain areas that you've not been able to change gear on your own. I remember when I first became born again, I couldn't pray in tongues. I'm telling you, I couldn't, they prayed for me. They spit on me. They beat me. Everything I didn't receive. I'm telling you, it was bad. 
Everybody minister to me. Receive the lie. I know receive. And the worst thing, the worst thing was that I was in a church at that time. The people that founded the church came from Benue State. Now, you don't understand what that means. They came from Benue State. In Benue State, people have patience and time. It means if they want to pray, they pray for hours and hours. In Lagos, well, our prayer is fast food prayer. If somebody prays 30 minutes in Lagos, he has tried. And he still has to go to work that day. He has tried. Distraction is much. But in Benue, in Benue, if boss... You know, all these boss, so should you my too. If they are passing, if you call boss, he will stop on the highway. Reverse. Boss. With, custom, with passengers inside. Oh. There are passengers going to work. Oh. You call him, boss, he will stop on the highway. Reverse. To your house. <laughs> and pick you with the passengers there. And that's how they will pick people everywhere. They are very patient. Nobody's rushing anywhere. Do you understand? So, if those people come to Lagos to lead prayer for you, one prayer point, one hour. Say, brethren, let's pray for the power of God. Drink in momentum. And me, I'm praying in English. In two minutes, I finish my own my prayer. And I'm waiting for them to give me the next prayer point for where? 30 minutes, I see on that first prayer point. My brother, when you don't pray in tongues, you suffer. You have prayed in English, you have finished, you repeat the prayer point as if God didn't hear the first time. After that, then you now start singing. And all these things, see under seven minutes. And those guys are still going, 45 minutes, one prayer point. They say, yes, now let's pray. Let's start the re-prayer. I'm going home. <laughs> There's no use. I won't make it here. So those were the kind of people I was in prayer meetings with and I couldn't pray in tongues. You see, I'm, some of you that don't pray in tongues, you don't even understand. When you pray in tongues, you can pray for two hours and not notice. Because it's not you praying. They said the Holy Ghost is praying with you. If you're here, you don't pray in tongues. See, I can't even explain to you what you're missing. I can't explain it. You are missing. Because when you pray, understanding is you praying. You get tired. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, they say your body is unfruitful. Your mind is unfruitful. It's the Holy Ghost praying through. In fact, when you pray in, in English, you get tired. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you get energized. So it's, it's very interesting. When you pray in understanding, the more you pray, the more tired you are. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more you pray, the stronger you are. You can pray two hours in the Holy Ghost, not even knowing two hours has passed. And in that two hours, the kind of things that will drop in your mind, ideas, creativity, because you are accessing the spirits. Hey, if you don't pray in tongues, eh, that, this week, let them minister to you. So, but for me, me, I knew the benefits, but I just didn't receive. I don't know why. They spray, spit, everything. Hallelujah. And the sad thing, I now became a pastor. I still wasn't praying in the Holy Ghost. The sad thing, I was a pastor. I was praying for people to receive. I still wasn't praying. No. I was praying for people who were falling under the anointing. If I throw my suit that time, all this crowd will fall. I wasn't praying in tongues. I suffered. <laughs> but one day, I was in a Bible school, uh, one of our Bible school classes. There were hundreds of um, anointed pastors there in that class. And as, they were, as we were all praying in that atmosphere... I received, I started praying. Do you understand? It, it couldn't happen just by one-on-one. I needed a combined anointing. Some people understand. See, spiritual things, ah, there's no time to explain. See, spiritual things has power. Let me give you an idea. If there are 10 people here, if there are 10 people here, and, and you are having a concert or anything, the energy you have is different from when there are 1,000 people there. If there are 1,000 people there, even if you are not singing anything, the energy alone is enough to carry the audience. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. So energy, the energy, spiritual energy is like that. The more we are, the stronger it is. Especially when we are in one accord and in faith. There's nothing we can't do in that atmosphere. We can carry somebody from a witch and he'll stand up. Because there's an atmosphere of faith. So that's what happened to, that's why you must not miss church. Don't play with service. Whether midweek or Sunday, it should be something you crave for. You should never miss any opportunity to gather together with the brethren. Praise God. So that's what happened to Peter. He attended gaining momentum. Saw Jesus walking on water. Say, wow! If it's you, Lord, tell me to come. Tell me to come. His faith was energized. Thank God he was charged up. The remaining 11 people were not charged up. He alone was charged up. What charged him up? It was an atmosphere of faith. He saw Jesus walking on water. There are some testimonies you hear. It inspires your faith. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. 
It inspires you that it can happen. Ah, this guy, I need to know him now. He had nothing. And he began to take these steps in faith. And now he had, ah, you too, just charge, I can do it too. He saw Jesus walking on water. His faith was charged up. And he said, I me to walk on water. If it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said what? Come. Simple. No, no long story. It's religion that tells you you can't ask for big things. It's religion that tells you uh, a pastor can't use Rolls Royce. A pastor can't use Jet. What are you talking about? Who should use it? Musicians are using it. Drug dealers are using it. Corrupt politicians are using it. Why, what is going on in your mind that makes you feel a servant of God can't use it? Jesus said, come. It is people that are trying to choose what people can use and what they can't use. From God's end, if you have faith for it, you can have it. Jesus didn't cancel Peter. When Peter said, I want to walk on water, Jesus didn't say, you, Peter, you know the hear word. Is that what he told him? Did he tell him, be careful? What do you need to walk on water for? Is, have you finished using the road, the road that you passed? Have you finished using it? I mean, that's what religious people today will say, that what's the benefit of walking water? You're just oppressing people. Peter, you're too proud. That's what, that's what the people will say. But you see, Jesus has no problem blessing you. He has no problem with what you want to ask for. Your dream can't be too big for him. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. I say your dream can't be too big for him. Your request can't intimidate him. He said, I want to walk on water. He didn't say, do you not understand how difficult it is? It's not easy. Oh, you want to walk on water? Are you sure? What's the spiritual significance? What's your motive? Peter, check your heart. <laughs> Did he see all these things religious people say? Hallelujah. So you want to walk on water? He says, come. That's all Jesus said. I mean, I can never get over it. That's all Jesus said. He said what? Come. I want to build my house this year. He said what? Come. I want to get married this year. He says what? Come. I want to change my car this year. He says, come. 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 Hallelujah. Come. I've never seen, I've never seen God in scripture. Tell somebody no. It's people that write all those ones in quotable quotes. I've not seen God. Ask, somebody asks something, God say, calm down. Calm down. Things are tough now. The economy is one kind. I've never seen God say that. It's people that say that. God has not said that. He said, come. Come. So let's see the story. He said, come. I like the next line. He said, when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked, What? On the water. Hallelujah. He walked on the water. I don't know how many steps it took, but he walked on water to go to Jesus. And this is how many people start their year. January, crossover service, gaining momentum. Many churches are doing 21 days fasting and prayer now. So they are walking on water. That's not what we determine the results. See the next line. But when Peter did what? So the way. Physical reality and what? Spiritual reality. He was looking at his spiritual reality. That's Jesus, the word of God. He said he was ready to walk on water. The moment he started walking on water, he removed his eyes from the spiritual reality and put it on the physical reality. And what happens? See this, and this always happens every time you remove your eyes from God and put on the physical facts. See the natural reaction. Uh, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Fear will grip your heart. Every time you remove your eyes from God, fear will grip your heart. And the moment fear grips your heart, see the next thing that happens. What? He, and beginning to what? Sink. You will start to sink. So your job is to do all you can to keep your eyes on your spiritual reality, on the truth of God's word, on what God told you. What God told him was come. Jesus can't tell you to come and you sink. Jesus can't tell you to come and the wind bring you down. The wind is not your problem. Focus on the word. What did God tell you? Jesus can't tell you to come and the economy bring you down. Jesus can't tell you to come and the government bring you down. Jesus can't tell you to come and sickness bring you down. The word come that Jesus said is stronger than the wind. It's stronger than the economy. It's stronger than the symptoms. Are you here, somebody? 
Meditate on the word. Somebody can't do it for you. You need to do it yourself. Peter removed his eyes from the calm that they told him. And he put his eyes on, on, on the wind. He saw how the wind was blowing. He, he began to research the internet for the symptoms of the sickness. They said, this is what you have. Say, your side will start pinning you. It's true, it's true. I'm feeling it. You start having headache at different parts of your head. You say, ah, I'm feeling it. You are confirming their, their word. <laughs> no. The moment you look at the physical reality, they said you will be afraid. You will be afraid. That's why many of you can't see opportunities to prosper again in Nigeria. For your mind, Canada is heaven. There are poor people in Canada. There are poor people in America. Oh, see, please, can I beg you to talk to your relatives abroad, the real ones that can tell you the truth. You are talking to the wrong people that are posing for you. Tell them tell you how difficult it is to also make it there. Somebody gets what I'm saying? They should tell you. Glory to God. To make it there or to make it here, it to still require faith, to require intelligence, to require hard work. Somebody get what I'm saying? He began to sink. Now, see the next verse. See the next verse. I like this. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and did what? Caught him and said unto him. See what Jesus said. Oh, thou of what? Little faith. Why didst thou doubt? Why did you doubt? When he said, oh, you of little faith, it doesn't mean that Peter's faith was little. It's not little faith it takes to walk on water. It takes a lot of faith to walk on water. Do you agree? What he meant was that his faith was too short-lived. It was just one week of gaining momentum that he had faith. By the next week, he had started swearing for himself. This year, useless. This country, safe. Now die, we go all die. That's what he was trying to say. His faith was short-lived. The faith was too short, just for two, three minutes. After that, he went back to focusing on natural facts. Oh, ye of little faith. The frame of time of your faith was too short. Too short. Why don't you continue in the faith that you have? So some of you, the, not some of you, all of you, get all the messages of gaining momentum. I think it's even free. Get all of it. Hear them again. That last week you were hearing it, it was a general word. You need to go and hear it again. So that second time behind you, you start hearing instructions that concerns you. There will be no noise that time, no crowd. Only you. So, only God starts telling you, this one is the one you should do. This one, do it. Because you need to keep your faith long so that you continue walking on water. Continue walking on water. So, why did you doubt? Do you notice Jesus didn't talk about the wind? The wind is not your problem. Your doubt is your problem. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't talk about the wind. The wind, nothing concerns with the wind. The wind is doing his own job. Does it concern us? He doesn't talk, doesn't talk about the economy. He's talking about your faith. If you can believe, he will bring prosperity to you. Wherever you are. If Nigeria refuses to cooperate, he will import the prosperity for you. <laughs> and if you get what I'm saying, he will import it. He will what? Import it. If I tell you how much I've received in dollars from January till now, you'll be surprised. In dollars. No naira. I've not received one. Okay, I might have received naira. I can't but I've received dollars, plenty, from many more than one, more than two, more than three sources from now to. So if you think Nigeria, I have no covenant with Nigeria. If Nigeria vex, make it a vex. They will import my prosperity. Some of you don't understand. Let me face this side. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. Your covenant is with God, not with government, not with Nigeria. So, if Nigeria is doing body for you, God will find on that route. You see, God cannot lie. His integrity is on the line. So, the wind blowing is not your business. If he has told you to come, he will hold you. He will make sure you don't sink. Hallelujah. He, Peter was about, he still held Peter. So, you will not sink. Not on my come. Hallelujah. Not on the come, I told you to come. Because if Peter died in that water, they'll say Jesus that killed him. He held them. You will not sink. 
I say you will not sink. Fix that date. Start that project. Make that move. You will not sink in the name of Jesus. See, when you're in that atmosphere of faith, that action step will come. It might be go and buy your wedding gown. Ah. And you say, hey, they will laugh at me. They, they will think I'm crazy. They go and buy your baby things. Ah! My mother-in-law will think I'm mad finally. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? You might be going to make a deposit for that thing. He said, ah, I don't have the, the small money. I say, if I should deposit. He said, can't deposit it. Go and sow it. Ah, this is the last I have. We'll eat it and we'll die. He said, you will not die. Sow it. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? He took the steps. Take those steps this year. You will not sink. I said, you will not sink. In the name of Jesus. You will not sink. Glory to God. He said, why did thou doubt? So, you must become skillful in using the word of God. You must become skillful. You, you, you put it in your front every day. You, that becomes what you say. You begin to pay attention. Go and get all the message of Guinea moment. All. See, get the one of Ireland. Get the one of mainland. Hear everything. There's a book that preach on the island that you didn't preach here. Pastor Gideon preached on the island, he didn't preach here. Pastor Midred cooked a full pot of jollof on the island. Prophetic jollof. Hot message. He didn't preach here. Ah, go and order it. It's free. It's free. What's your excuse? Go and buy it or get it and listen to it. Then listen to the ones you already heard before. Hear it again. So that your faith will continue with that same momentum that you started with last week. Hallelujah. And you will see the special results you will get this year. I'm telling you, anybody's life can change if you can continue the process. Nigeria will get tougher and tougher. That one is not prophecy, it's fact. Don't let that. So, what's shocking you inside? That Nigeria, what's shocking you? Are you you a baby? You baby? You didn't know before? Go and read the stay on the word. See, the tougher it gets out there, that's the more you should even stay on the word. Because you and God that have agreements. You and the God that have covenant. He's the one that told you to come. It's not Buari that says you should come. It's God that says you should come. And nobody sinks when they follow God. Are you here, somebody? Nobody sinks when they follow God. So, so become skillful. Because this, is what, this story is what happens to many Christians. In my experience over the years, this is what happens to many Christians. They start in faith. Along the line, their faith fails. And they, and they, they will not be wondering, I thought God told me. I thought I felt the anointing that day. I thought I was moved by the Holy Ghost. Yes, you were moved by the Holy Ghost. But you see, you must continue in faith. You must continue in faith. You must continue in faith. Or else, you, you can abort that dream. Somebody getting what I'm saying? I've seen this happen to many Christians. If not that they gave us the gist, if Peter had sunk on that water or drowned that water, they'll say Jesus killed him. They saw these Christians, they're not practical. How can you walk on water? How can you start a business with this? How can you leave your job to go on? You know, they say these Christians don't have sense. No, but it was God. God would have seen him through. He's the one that didn't stay through. Are you here, somebody? There are many testimonies. Because like I said, this happens to many Christians. You are in that atmosphere of faith. They say, hey, come out if you want to sow so and so amount. You are charged up. See, at that time, take that step. Take that step. Take that step and don't stop there as you, as you, as you obey and, and sow the seed. Continue in the faith that you used to take that step. Some people said, some people shared their story that when they called for the millions, the one in the millions, that something wanted to carry them up. They were so moved. Listen, sometimes God needs to move you like that to help you break barriers. He wants to break something in your mind. He wants to break something in the spirit for you. So he's moving you, take the step. Uh, see, you, you, you know, some of you don't understand. That's what faith is. It's not, physical reality is that I don't have all the money or I don't even have the money. But spiritual reality, God is saying, look, I need you to even open your mind to have it. Take that step and I will provide it for you. 
Some people shared their, I've started sharing their testimonies. One lady told me yesterday, or day before yesterday, I can't remember, I think it's yesterday, that she didn't even have school fees for her child. And her own, she came out for the million, the one in millions. And as she went to school that day, I was in, um, uh, like on Monday, school was resuming. So she took her son to school, no school fees. And she was talking freely, asking questions, okay, so what's happening? Freely, no school fees. She has shown her money. So she said she, she redeemed the pledge that same Monday. Her own was in millions. She said, just 30 minutes after, somebody sent her 500K from nowhere. 30 minutes after. And that covered the school fees and some other things. You see, if she didn't take the step and things have been happening, there are many other people that send their story just by acting in obedience. Hallelujah. Let me read one person's own here. There are many, a, few, a few other ones. He said, thank you so much for getting Momentum Conference. I know I'm entering to a new, a new and higher level and all that financially. Because when Pastor Matthew came in 2008, November, I had just started a contract job that was only supposed to last for three months. So contract expiration was February 2019. He said, and he challenged us to sow. I stepped out for the $100 seed. I was bor- he said, take note, I was borrowing to transport myself to work because I had been out of job for over a year. Though it didn't logically make financial sense at that time, he said, I, I, paid back, I paid back people I had borrowed money from, I redeemed my pledge, and told God I needed a contract extension. See, God was blessing her. He said, after the February deadline, he said, he answered, he said, I'm still at the job almost one year after my initial contract expiration date. He said, with other benefits that have been added along the line. He said, so when Pastor Matthew challenged us again on Sunday, even though it seemed heavy, I just knew a new level was opening up. He said, I have started redeeming it already because all things are now ready. Hallelujah. She said the first time Pastor Matthew came and challenged us so that she sold $100, that she was literally borrowing that time to even go to work. But now she has paid all her, all her debt. They have extended her contract. Do you understand? Sometimes God wants to challenge you beyond where you are. There are many other ones. There's one, I don't want to read them. I don't have time to read it. There's one that people said that, that Allah started coming in from when they sowed their seed. Take the step of faith. You will never see the end of that faith until you take the step of it. You will never see the end of it. You will know what, 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 what could happen at the end of your action step. Hallelujah. Take the step of faith. Become skillful. Let me teach you one of the ways you become skillful in the world. Number one, you need to know relevant scriptures to your situation. You need to research what scriptures are there about fear? What scriptures are there about health? What scriptures are there about finances? What scriptures are there about prayer? You need to understand. Because it's one thing to have the word of God. It's another thing to know how to use it. I don't know if you heard what I said. I'll say it again. It's one thing to have the word of God. It's another thing to what? Know how to use it. Every Christian has access to scripture. Not many Christians know how to apply Scripture at the right time. Remember in Joshua 1.8, they said you will do, you observe to do all that is written therein. So your goods are not moving. Are you, how are you praying the prayer? Some people don't know that there's prayer that you pray to God and there's prayer that you address situations. If you're in business, you don't have to be telling God to prosper you. God is already committed. He said, my wish for you above all things is that you what? Prosper. So, talking to God about your business moving is a waste of time. He is already in- interested. What you should do if the goods are not moving as they should move is to speak into the atmosphere. Take authority in the spirit. If anybody anywhere in this country is buying this thing, they must find you. You begin to take charge spiritually. Sometimes, Satan, in trying to affect your own finances, will affect your customers' finances. Because they're the ones buying from you. If their finances are affected, they can't pay you. So sometimes you will go and you will address the finances of your customers by the spirits. As the Holy Ghost. I get what I'm saying. So you're praying the Holy Ghost. What's in your mind is your business. And the Holy Ghost will tell you, start mentioning your customers one by one. Pray about their finances. I've heard this testimony many times. <laughs> the man of God shared, shared it. He said he had one car he wanted to sell. The car was a dead car. That the car is those kind of cars that have hole. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. That if the key of the if he removes the key of the car and it falls from his hand, it's falling to the ground. There's hole. He said nothing was working in that car. That car was dead. But he wanted to sell the car. And he put the car for sale. And in his mind he was telling him, nobody that has sense. 
we buy this dead car. So he prayed. You know, he put the car and nothing happened. And many days after, or many months, I can't remember, the car was, he said, God, what's happening? God said, pray that the people that want to buy this car, tackle those people's finances. Pray about it in the spirit. Deal with it in the spirit. And as he did that, he said, one man appeared and said he wants to buy the car. And he was canceling the man. Are you sure? <laughs> and he said, the man made a statement. The man said, from the first time you put this car for sale, I was interested in buying it. He said, but my wife did not agree for many months. And the guy now said, just yesterday, and it was yesterday he prayed that prayer. He said, just yesterday, she just came and said, in short, go and buy that car that you want to buy. And give him the money to buy it. So that's why he was here. He shared a couple of those testimonies, different people. Somebody that wanted to sell his house, same thing. The guy said, from the day you put for sale on this house, I wanted to buy it. But some other person was owing me on my own house, I wanted to sell. And the money didn't come through. So from the first day, God was already ready to bring that money. But other people's finances that were tied to that, your blessing. After the before, God is not a magician. You want to marry. The person you want to marry is already alive. God is not going to go and create a human being for you now. The person is alive. The person might be a Wakamis Road. Maybe he should be in DCC now and he's in another church. Or they are supposed to pass the He go and pass CMS. You need to tackle in the spirit so that you people will meet. And when you meet, you will recognize yourself. God is not a magician. And if I can tell you what I'm saying. So, the, the one of the house, the guy said, from the first thing he put for sale on this house, I wanted to buy it. But I ended up to sell my own house. The, somebody had come already to price my house and we have closed the agreement that he would buy, but he didn't, his money wasn't coming. But he said, just yesterday too, just like that, when that guy prayed, he said, they paid him, he came to pay for my house and now this is the money I want to use to buy your house. So there are many things hanging like that in your life. If you don't know that scripture gives you rights, whatever you bind on earth, heaven too will authorize his release. It's in your Bible. So you are telling God, oh God, God said, there's no, I've answered you from day one. You need to take your authority right now. I need somebody getting what I'm saying. You have become skillful, skillful in using scripture. That's why we go to church. That's why we study the Bible. That's why we listen to anointed messages. It inspires us. Skillful. I, I told you the story of, 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 of that serial killer that was going about killing people and, and finally came to one man's house and, 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 and the man accosted the serial killer and they began to fight and the man took the gun from the serial... You know, you know what the serial killer is, Abby? Somebody that's going about killing people for no reason. He took the gun from the serial killer that came to kill his family. He took the gun and it was a real life thing. I like watching those crime channels. Real life. I thought, ah, finally, this guy has saved his family. Do you know this joker? After he took the gun from the serial killer, I thought he would either shoot the serial killer or at least tell him to knee down hands up until police come, something like that. The guy took the gun and put the gun in his left hand and began to punch the serial killer. <laughs> this is what many Christians do. You have the word of God. You are so loaded. Instead of to use it, you're complaining. You get out your village people and your family people and be complaining. He put the, he put the gun here. <laughs> you know what happened? The serial killer managed to take the gun back and went inside his house and shot his family. Real story. Shot his family and injured the guy. He could have shot the guy. No skill. You can have a gun and not be able to use it. Having a gun doesn't mean you will succeed. Many Christians are armed. You are not yet dangerous because you don't know how to use the ammunition you have. My brother is a major general in the army. He was saying the story one time that there was one time robbers were robbing somewhere and there was an army officer there and this, there were four robbers was there about and the army officer alone killed all the four. Ah, and all of them were armed. The robbers were armed. The guy was armed. I know he was alone. And so we asked him how. He said it's very simple. Most armed robbers are not trained to use a gun. They are not trained. Even though they have gun. They don't, they don't, they don't point and be shooting randomly. They are not trained. He said an army officer is trained. If he has four bullets, he won't waste one. But I, I, I remember I can have a full magazine of bullets, but he's just pointing it. He thinks he's just pointing it and just spraying it around. You know, you know, Jethro can be here like this. I'm holding gun, I'll be spraying, and I won't hit him once. It's possible. Bullets revive. There's what's called reviving bullets. He said, ah, the army officer, because he was, he was tactical, he's trained. He, he knew that the time he used to take good position is important. But I remember doesn't know that. He think the more I just shoot, the <laughs> 
How many people know that if you lie down, you become more difficult to get? You watch that in movies, Abi. It's, it's, it's a training. So he, he, he laid down. They were just standing. Anyway, just shooting back, back. They have gone. He took good position. Balance is important when you are shooting a gun. Amrabah doesn't know that. The guy sat there, took them by one. Four of them, he killed them. They were shooting anyhow. He took them out without no snow, sweat, no scratch. Because he's trained. So that's how the word of God is. It's very powerful, but if you don't know how to use it, you carry you shoot it randomly. Prayer that shouldn't be praying, you pray. Oh God, kill my enemy. God said there are no enemy. You're the only enemy of yourself. If I kill you now, you will die. You are shooting randomly with your Bible. Oh God, kill everybody, kill them, kill them. Kill my enemy. God said, No, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. I'm not killing them. Hallelujah. You can have the gun and be shooting randomly. I, am, I have to close now. I, 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 we were in the church staff. We traveled for um, a retreat and a conference and a vacation one time. Almost all the church staff. And we went for gun range. You know gun range? Where you pay money and they give you gun and you just shoot for fun. So we're all shooting. How was the other people shot before me? And they were not getting the target. They not the When it became my turn, the guy that was in charge of the place whispered to me. He said, don't aim where you want to shoot. You see, that's small advice. He said, don't aim where you want to shoot. He said, if you want to shoot the heart, aim a little bit to the right. The reverb will make the thing go where you, are, where you want it to go. Now, if me and you do, if you, I've never heard that before. Left to me, I'll shoot like I remember. All the bullets will be going everywhere. Nobody got the target. I got the highest score. They thought I was a great shooter. No. I just had a great advisor. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, don't aim. <laughs> Don't aim directly where you want to shoot because shooting the gun will shake your hand. Don't aim where you want to shoot. I, somebody get what I'm saying? That's how you become skillful in the word of righteousness. Because it's not every scripture that you need to apply for every case. Last scripture before we pray. Hebrews 5. Let's rise to our feet. We'll read that as we're standing. Hebrews 5.13. We'll just take one minute to pray before we close. For everyone that used milk is what? Unskillful in the word of what? Righteousness. For he is what? A babe. See verse 14. It says, verse 14. It says, but what? Strong meat belongeth to them that are what? Of full age. Even those who by reason of what? Use. That means by practicing the word regularly, they have their senses exercised to discern both words, good and evil. They know how to use the word by practice. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Can you take one minute today and say, Holy Spirit, you know, show me how to apply the scriptures. Show me, inspire me in the word. Inspire me in the word. Go ahead and pray this evening. Inspire me in the word. I want to be a skillful user of God's word. I want to be skillful, skillful in the way I use the word of God. I want to be skillful. I want to be skillful in how I use the word. I want to be skillful. I don't want to be a babe this year. I don't want to be a babe this year. I want to be skillful. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Inspire me. The right actions regarding the things I'm trusting you for this year. Order my steps. Show me the scriptures to pray with. The scriptures to stand on. The scriptures to apply. There are different kinds of scriptures. There are scriptures you use to pray. There are scriptures you don't need to pray about. You just believe them. You stand on them. And there are scriptures you don't pray about. You act on them. You take actions. Lord, let me become skillful in using the scriptures. I pray for everyone. This year we will realize our dreams. It will be a fruitful year. 
Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Who have a hunger and a desire to grow in the word. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray for your hunger. Hunger in the word for everyone. We will no longer be babes. We will become mature and skillful in applying the word of God. Thank you, Father. For this will be a fruitful year. We will make our way prosperous. And we will have good success. In Jesus' mighty name. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org Davids Christian Center, home of victorious people.